Thank you for joining us for another episode of Back to Business. This week we speak with the owner of Burden Media, Danny, as he tells us about his film journey, his journey through life, and then some new products he has coming up. Yeah, go ahead. All right, we're good to go. All right, so thank you for joining me today. Really excited to learn about its uh, burden. Media is that is that the proper pronunciation for it? Correct, Burden Media. Okay, all right. So, how did you get started with your your company and, and your journey as a as a videographer? Oh man, that's a long journey. Where do you want the short version or the long version? We got nothing but time. <laughs> so, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I was always infatuated with film and photography and and video but my big passion the thing that i always wanted to be was a clown in the circus so when i graduated high school i legit ran away and joined the circus uh, i became a clown with ringley brothers and barnum and bailey circus uh that ended up really being, okay yeah so that was the the so-called greatest show on earth right so i figured i was at the top at 18 years old i should go do bigger and better things and figure it out so after I left the circus, I moved to New York City where I studied acting and performing. Um, and when I wasn't getting hired, because people don't get hired when they don't know people, uh, I just started writing and, and acting and stuff that I was writing and producing. Then I moved to LA where I met a few people that we just went to the school of hard knocks of film producing and we bought a camera and literally oh. every day we shot stuff. We shot probably 150 short films in the first year just to learn and wow. figure it out. And we'd go to people that were smarter than us and better than us and that had more experience than us. And we'd go, hey, man, how come our shit doesn't look like your shit? They'd be like, well, you need this. And we're like, oh, <laughs> where do we get that? And they'd be like, oh, you get it here or here. And we'd go and we'd find it. It'd be expensive. And we'd go, well, shit, what can we do that's the same as that that'll cost us less? Because we don't have any money for that. So we just kept yeah. kind of figuring it out as we went. And then eventually we started getting paid. And uh, I did a couple feature films out in LA and started producing reality TV and TV shows and movies out in LA. And then I moved back to Connecticut when I adopted my niece. Uh, she was two years old at the time and she'd be 13 on Sunday. So nice. uh, when I came back, I... You don't have to live in New York or LA to make movies, I figured out pretty quickly, right. uh, especially yeah. in the digital world that we live in. So I just started writing, producing, and directing here. And I'd bring people in from New York or LA or wherever I had to. And people kept calling me from LA that I knew that I was connected to. So I would either produce remotely or I would right. travel to produce and and just keeps on continuing like that. And then now with Burden Media, it kind of came through as I saw a need for people to have good, high quality content for their small businesses. So we for don't sure. just work with right. small businesses. We also work with big brands and pretty much anybody that wants great content will work with. So that's pretty right. much the I definitely story. do want to circle back to the, to the circus part, but I am also sure, excited because I, I did watch um, Finder's Keeper. So I did watch that film. Yep was compelled through it. it it definitely had the twists and turns in it i definitely did enjoy that where did the uh, the concept of of that movie come from was it um kind of organic where everybody's kind of throwing around ideas or did you guys kind of 
plan out from the beginning how that would transpire and kind of go through for the film so basically what happens with me is i get the itch to make a movie and i go i'm gonna make a movie and then i find places that i can shoot a movie and then i write a movie based on the place that i can find to shoot a movie so okay i grew up in stafford springs which is where that movie was shot and i actually went yes, to yeah. middle school at that school before it closed down so i went to the town hall and said hey i want to shoot a movie in that school and they said a movie and i said yeah and they said what kind of movie i said i don't know a horror movie maybe and they said that sounds cool sure and i said sweet and i wrote a movie that fit <laughs> school. uh sent it out to the people that i trust and said hey man i'm gonna make this movie and they said good for you man when are you gonna make it i was like i don't know a couple months they're like jesus danny how are you gonna make it in a couple months i was like i don't know i'll find some money i'll make a movie so we went out and we raised about 50 grand and we shot a movie at the school. Nice. I mean, I was, the quality of it w was great. And it really, you can tell the attention to detail that was put into it. When it came to like actually getting the facility, was it as easy as you, you just submitted some paperwork and they were cool with you just going in and filming there? Or was there a little bit of pushback you ran into with trying to get that set up? I don't tend to run into pushback because I tend to just know what I want and I'm pretty clear and concise about yeah. where I want to go and what I want things to be and I know I know what people are worried about when they hear a movie coming in so yeah. I make sure that all insurance is lined up and I make sure that I have insurance that's going to cover the people in the space uh, which is most important is safety and I make sure that everything's done Definitely. in a safe environment and whether it be safe on a human recess resources part or it's safe as a physically safe environment i just make sure that it's a safe place to work for everybody no matter what it's important um, and once you express that and you express how important the people are to what you're doing people kind of jump on board and they get excited about being part of something that's cool and fun to do like a movie definitely i mean i, I would think just even putting having you be able to film there, that kind of puts the, the town on the map in, in certain ways. I did see that it was on Prime. What was kind of the process of you being able to submit and work with Amazon on that end? Because I saw both of the uh, feature films actually were on that platform. Yeah, both Grandpa Psycho, which was also shot in Stafford, and Finders Keepers, okay. which is watched, was also shot in Stafford. Um, I don't deal with that part of it. I find a I have distribution companies that watch my films. and Nice. And they like them they said okay. yeah we'll take this on and they get a fee to put it out there and the goal get is always to okay. make enough money to get everybody paid back and then make a little bit of profit so that's always of course you know, but it takes that's the goal yeah it just takes like that's the other thing is like making a movie is not the way that hollywood describes it where you can just go out and make a movie in 15 days and make a million dollars like that's not how making a movie works right like you saw how high quality <laughs> film is like me and george lyon have been yeah. working together for almost a decade he is an extremely talented cinematographer we had over hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of cameras and equipment on that we had over 40 years of experienced people on that project um and they all came to work with me because that's how i run a show it's not you're not coming to work for me you're coming to work with me it's a creative experience and it's That's supposed important. to be fun 
and it's supposed to be something that's going to get people excited to be involved in it. Um, but when it comes to making money, it is near impossible to make money on a film. So we were lucky enough to make our money back, but we're still waiting for money to come in and well, made our money back on Grandpa Psycho. And we're still waiting for, for the okay. sales reports and stuff to come back on Finders Keepers. Has there been any films you've done thus far that you've tried to run, haven't, haven't really been picked up as of yet? Or is these kind of your, your prime featured films that you've been able oh, yeah. to There's kind of submit of thus far with your I've been involved with. There's plenty of movies that I've been involved with that never got picked up. Um, there's been, oh God, multiple, multiple feature films that I've either produced or been a part of or even created yeah. or directed myself um, that didn't go anywhere. But that's the, I mean, that's the name of the game. That's just part of it. Yeah. Uh, you're only as good as your last film in this industry. So when a film doesn't make its money, or doesn't do what you promised it would do, don't plan on making another one for a long time. Yeah, you got to earn that that trust and that credibility has got to be there for it to be yeah. picked up. I can definitely see that. For um, so let's let's say um, how was last year for you uh, during the pandemic? Did you guys do any work in, in regards to like small businesses? Because I know they're, they're probably going to need a presence of some sort. Were you able to do that? Was there any work on, did you take the time to kind of write more films? How did you spend last year? Uh, my business actually grew last year um, because people needed a presence, because Great. people needed to yeah. know that they were out there. So what I do now as a creative, um, as a creative content producer is I work with my brands on creating reliable content that's gonna to touch their audience in a way that's extremely authentic and allows them to reach their audience in a way that the audience understands who they are as a brand rather than what they're selling. What they're selling is ancillary. Okay. What they're selling is, I mean, you can know pretty much right off the bat what they're selling based on the name of their company most times, right? Like if you're True North Construction, That's true. Yeah. construction company, we know what you do. Now we want to yeah. know who you are and how I can trust you and what you're all about and why should I pick you over somebody else? So um, it really comes down to making sure that your content is authentic and it comes from a very honest place as to why you do what you do. And that's what I do. I tell my brand that's story. important. So there it, you go. that's how I grow my business is through reaching people that understand what the market requires right now of us as business owners. People want to work with people that they know. They don't want to work with people that they don't literally just, it's that simple. They want to work with people that they know because they don't want to work with people that they don't know. They want to know that they, can, they want to know who you are before you walk in the door. And if your video content can introduce you as who you are before you walk in the door, then you've already jumped over the biggest hurdle. If they're watching your, your feed on Facebook or Instagram and they see video content of you as the business owner and they get to know you and they like you, that's a huge hurdle that you don't have to worry about in the first meet and greet because they feel like they know you when they walk in the door. Yeah, and I would say that's the most important part not only the, the knowing, but the trust. 
if they've got you in, in another restaurant, they've never been to either. They have at least seen your video content. They know, okay, this is what they do. This is what represents them. They're definitely going to choose that person over the restaurant that they've never been to, never seen, never heard anything about. So definitely that story is going to help them stand out in the crowd. Right. Social so media I can definitely is, see how that would um, would have been. Yeah. The, the best form of any marketing is word of mouth, right? We all know that. Somebody comes to you that you know and yes. trust and says, hey, Paradox Studios is the place. That's where you want to do everything you want to do. And here's why. Because these people are this. They do that. They, they're perfect. They, they, they're just great people to work with. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that is is word of mouth. That's just a, that's just, it's For just sure. on steroids. If I have a thousand people that follow me and I share your video, not all thousand people are going to see it obviously because of the algorithms, but a vast majority of people that do see it and understand that it's something that I believe in as a person, which means it's going to hold value to the people that know me and like me. Definitely. I would definitely agree with you there for um, like next step. Is there a next iteration that's going to be with your company or are you guys kind of in a zone where you're just curating content? Do you have any plans of like, like let's say you expand into your own studio and kind of creating more content out of a space or um, what's kind of next for your, your company moving forward? I don't foresee us ever having our own studio just because we don't do studio style films. We don't do studio style content. Um, mm -hmm. There's a market for okay. that and there's a place for that kind of content. Um, yeah. Can I do that content? Absolutely. But then I just call somebody like you and say, hey, I need studio space for a day. Um, most of my content is, is creating documentary style content about people and who they are and what they do. Um, and it's a, it's a very niche market because if you don't have the skill set and the understanding of storytelling the way that I do, because of my 20 years of experience, that's where my right. job security comes in because just a guy with a camera can't come off the street and do what I do. You really need the experience and the know-how and the knowledge of understanding a story and people to be able to tell their story the appropriate way. So yeah, you could go out and buy a camera, sure. you could learn how to edit and you could make videos and you can even make really cool videos, but really cool videos doesn't get clients. Authentic videos get clients. And that comes from- Very true, very true. So if you had, this is a curveball question. So if you had a hundred million dollars, what's the first thing you're, you're buying with it? With a hundred million dollars? hundred million dollars you can have that can buy you a lot of things what will be your first purchase what, what's the most important thing or your dream whatever that may be a house car what what's that one thing that you would you would take take that money and then either buy it or invest it in something i mean i would i first thing i would do is i would divide up some of that money and make sure that my daughter was taken care of i'd make sure that she had an investment account that was set up for her in her name that would be accessible to her with parameters based on her life ambitions and goals. Yeah. It wouldn't be like an a la carte. As soon as you're 18, you get this chunk of money. It would be, 
set up in, in places Smart. like once you meet this goal and you reach this, whatever that goal is for her, the benchmarks, it doesn't have yeah. to be my goal. If she wants to go to college then she'll have money for college. If she wants to go study abroad, then she'll have money to go travel and study abroad. If she wants to become an artist, then she'll have money to go study art and learn it from the people that understand art and are going to do. I didn't have that opportunity, right? I didn't have money to support me and go get an education somewhere. And I was horrible at school. Like, I can't explain to you how bad I was at school other than saying that I think I graduated with like a seventh grade reading level and an eighth grade math level. And now I run a six figure business. So you don't have to be good at school to be good at business. Business is something right. entirely different. I definitely agree. Um, yeah. So if I had a hundred million dollars, I, honestly, I would just make sure that the people that I love and that are close to me are taken care of. Um, and I would probably take five or six of it and go make that movie I want to make. Yeah. But I got a lot left over. So most of it just, I'm a pretty simple dude. I, I don't have lavish, okay. like, and I'm a big dude. So I don't have this like lavish dream of like, Oh, I need this Lamborghini or, Oh, I need a, I don't want to clean a house. <laughs> so I don't need a seven bedroom house. I don't, you know, like I, I don't, I don't have, that desire in my life. Money has never been a driving factor for me. I've worked for a lot of things for free because I love what yeah. I do. So money's never been a driving factor. I don't know if I answered that. See, the way that you I, and I think that's, no, that that's exactly it. Because you can definitely tell um, either somebody's character, what they're really about by their answer, by that question. Because regular answer would have been car, house, um, private island, plane, whatever it may be. But the fact that you started with your family really tells you where your ideals and morals and everything are. So I think that's the perfect answer. I don't think there's a better answer than that. So I definitely would say that was spot on. So I know you did mention at the tail end of there that you're, you're, um, you had a film in mind, possibly, well, that you would make with the $5 million. Let's say it's $5 million. Oh, man, I, I give you $5 million for the film. What's the film about? Uh, it's called the film I want to make is called The Worker. Uh, I wrote it a few years back. It's a uh, it's a psychological vigilante thriller about a DCF social worker that um, basically goes out and kidnaps and tortures a bunch of pedophiles that are abusing children in the in the social services system. So it's kind of like Batman okay. and The Punisher in real That's life what I was thinking. terms. Okay, uh, kind of meet. Kind of like, did you ever see the movie Prisoners with Hugh Jackman? No, I haven't seen that. You should. It's great. But it's kind of got that vibe. It's got Man Rain on Fire. See Man okay. on Fire? Man on Fire. Yeah, I've seen Man got on Fire. that kind of vibe to it. Okay. So it's that vigilante kind of justice for the little guy kind of thing. Um, so I grew okay. up with six adopted siblings, and then I adopted my niece. So the the family services system for me if i was to pick a system that i would want to support and want to give back to that's the system yeah just because i grew okay. up with it i just it certainly it understand. I know it. yeah right but i yeah, can certainly that's, that's understand that so with the um with you calling now batman did you have a preference between dc versus marvel when it comes to the filmmaking because there's Superhero wise, I'm a DC fan, not a fan of the movies. Marvel, Marvel MCU universe, like blows it out of the water. Other than like the the Batman series, for me, I do 
enjoy that. Do you have a preference on the movie styles there? Well, the movie styles depends on which one we're talking about. The Batman Begins okay. series, obviously, is great. Obviously, Heath Ledger is a god, and he made Joker a real thing. Uh, I'm more of a villain's sure, guy sure. than a superhero guy. Um, I actually have a sleeve okay. that I'm working on uh, that's a tattoo sleeve of Batman and the Joker and Harley Quinn and Robin, um, which I have an appointment next week to get more work done on it. And then, uh, okay. <laughs> so I've always been a Joker fan. I just love the, and it Me goes too. back to probably my clown roots, but the idea of a guy who is out, he doesn't care about money. It's my kind of people. His cause may not be yeah. the most rainbow happy flowery cause but he's got a cause that doesn't rely on money for his ambition and i can get behind that yeah and he's not out for revenge and he's not out for he's kind of just out for what he believes the he world just is. Look like. <laughs> right and there's something to be yeah. said about a guy that can just go out there he serves a purpose right um but as far as like the movies go, you can't knock Marvel. I mean, they're doing what they're doing and they're killing it. Um, you really want DC to catch up and do it better and do it well. Yeah. Uh, but the DC comics have always been darker than the Marvel com comics. So Very it's really so. hard yes. for DC to pull the trigger on becoming full rated R when they have to compete with PG-13 all the time. So it makes it really difficult for them to keep up logistically because we all know if they did batman the way batman was supposed to be done it would be rated r and it would be violent as hell and it would look For like sure. it was a cinemax show versus it being a disney plus show right so yeah very much i just so. don't think dc is ready to take the risk and the jump to say fuck it we're gonna make our movies the way that the comic said to make our movies and what I know of the film industry is it's the film industry that's holding them back, not the comic industry that's holding them back. The film industry is oh, I believe risk. that they won't take that risk. You know, they took a huge risk on um, Deadpool, but Deadpool's funny. So they got away with it. They were like, oh, For yeah, sure. well, yeah. Brian Reynolds and it's funny. So we'll get an audience. Whereas where it's with Batman, it's like, how do we get the audience of this? And Superman's the most wholesome person ever created which is annoying, but you know, he's got a huge following. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to go dark when the most popular DC hero is Superman. Probably the most popular superhero yeah, of all time is Superman. Right. So that's true. For, yeah. I mean, I'm a Batman guy, but yeah, I understand the, the love that some have for Superman. Well, I'm a Batman guy too all day long, <laughs> but it's, yeah. but he's the guy, right? <laughs> like he's the one that everybody he is. What he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's what he is. So circling back to the um so when you actually because i know you said you dropped out before had become a clown what how did that come to be so what did you just kind of like see you grew up loving the circus or did you know somebody that was in that particular industry like how did how did that all come about uh mostly i just really wanted to make people laugh because again i, I grew up with adopted siblings and there was a lot of like anger mm -hmm. a lot of hurt and a lot of sad in my world and then I was bullied a lot okay. in middle school. And at the beginning of high school, I was bullied a lot. Um, so I just wanted people to laugh. I just wanted people to have fun. Uh, and I actually have 
somewhere in a box somewhere of my memories from a kid when I was in kindergarten when the teacher said what do you want to be draw it on this picture I, I want to be a clown in the circus and drew a picture of a clown uh, it's just something that I always wanted to be it's just something I always wanted to do because I just wanted to make people laugh and have fun um, which is ironic because I don't make funny movies so that's something I want to do again I want to get back to comedy I want to get into making okay. some shit at some point have you done any comedy movies? Uh, I'm sure with the 150, that's probably a terrible question. I'm sure you've probably done done a few, but what are some of the concepts you've, you've thought of for comedies? We've done some dabbling with comedy. It's more dark comedy than it is straight okay. like comedy. Um, but I did I did a movie called Marco Polo Boys, which is like a mumblecore kind of film. You know what mumblecore is? Mumblecore is a, uh, uh, no, it's a genre. It's a genre of improv film where basically okay it's dark comedy shot all improvised in chronological order so we shot okay, a movie gotcha. in nine days in chronological order in stafford and it was it's an awesome movie i love it we just never got distribution for it we're still you know we still dabble with throwing it at people at the wall and seeing if it sticks um but it's one of those it's very kevin smith style in your face, a lot of dick jokes, a lot of comedy, a lot of gay jokes, a lot of <laughs> off-color jokes, um, and a lot of fighting. It's about four best friends that get back together after being apart for a decade and just fall into their old Love habits it. of talking shit and getting into fights. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it sounds like a cool movie. I definitely love to check that out. If that ever does come out, let me know. <laughs> definitely I will. will. We'll get I that we're, still, we're pushing it. I, I throw it at I throw it at the wall every now and again, and see if it sticks. Um, but we made it so many years ago that getting the getting the deliverables for it is really difficult um, because the deliverables okay. are basically what deliverables are are the specs that it needs to be streamed. So we shot it on on mm. one of those little HDV cassettes. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's how we shot it. So it's HD, but it's like the old school cassette. Like it was done like a decade, uh, almost 10 years ago. Gotcha. So it's all digitized, but getting the, getting the deliverables becomes a, a pseudo issue at a certain point. But fuck it. We'll get it out gotcha. there at some point, I imagine. Let, be see Let me know. <laughs> Picasso piece that comes out when I'm dead. <laughs> the lost tapes and then you just come oh, out yeah. and the yeah, vision exactly. is there <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly um so yeah the, so, um go ahead yeah i'm sorry you go ahead i got nothing else oh no i just wanted to hear more about the so like when when you started how because you always hear in the movies that somebody's gonna run away and join the circus i never know the steps do you just like you're at an oh, event well, and then you go up and hey, I'd like to join. <laughs> I and they join. About that. You just I jump in the troop or yeah. yeah. Uh, so my junior year of high school, the drama teacher. So I played football. I played football and I wrestled. I was an athlete. I didn't all of the the things that I believe in came from my sports background. They didn't come from a theater background or anything else. I barely did any theater yeah. at all actually as a kid. Um so the drama teacher wanted me to do theater because she enjoyed me because I was in her speech class because public speaking was a thing yeah. that interested me because I could always talk better than I could read or write. So I, like I knew words and I knew words, I knew what words meant, but 
but I couldn't spell them and I couldn't write them in a sentence because my linguistically, I just was better at it than writing it, um, <coughs> which luckily has changed over the years. Um, so my junior year, she came to me and said, hey, look, Ringling Brothers is holding auditions for clowns in Hartford. You should go audition. So I went to my mom and I was like, hey, Ringling Brothers is holding these auditions, but it's on, I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday on a school day. I was like, I really want to audition for this. This is really what I want to do. And she was like, cool, go do it. Have fun. So I just skipped school that day and I went and auditioned and they ended up calling me and saying, hey, we loved what you did for us, but we can't take you because you didn't graduate high school yet. You have to graduate high school in order to come to mm. college. So come see us again really? next year. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. So then I ended up getting a couple small scholarships for football, like nothing big, like I think it was like Central or something, um, but smaller schools and then a couple uh people looked at me for wrestling so I kind of all just faded away the whole clown thing and then they weren't coming for auditions in Hartford their next auditions were in Boston that year um and then I ended up getting hurt in a wrestling match when the when the auditions were supposed to be so mm. they called me and asked me if I was coming up and I was like oh well you know I'm, I, I got hurt you know I tore my Achilles tendon I can't really walk and do physical comedy right now I'd love to come but I don't think that it's going to be worth my time for you guys or me to just come up there and sit and not give you guys a full performance or whatever. And they were like, well, we can just come meet you at your house and we'll just talk and we'll do whatever you want to do. Boston's not that far from where you live in Connecticut. Right. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess you could do that. But if you're that serious about it, I'll just come up to Boston. Like, I'll just, I'll come. Like, I just want to make sure that yeah. it's worth everybody's, time and, and effort and whatever. So I went up to Boston and auditioned again and was injured. So everything that I did was a little bit limited, but um, one of the kids that I auditioned was with there was from Maine and he ended up being my roommate at clown college. Um, nice. But he's hysterical. Like he was like, like I felt like inferior to almost everybody that auditioned because they were all so funny. Um, and I felt pretty inferior too, once I got in. So I got in, um, they called me up. I, I, I didn't apply to any colleges and I didn't fill out any scholarship stuff for any of the football or wrestling stuff. Cause I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go be a clown. And then I, when you know, you know, hear from them <laughs> for a while. Oh. And then the end <laughs> of school was coming and I still didn't hear from them. And then finally one day, like six weeks before school was over, I got a package in the mail saying, congratulations, we're excited to have you. Um, this is what it is, this is what we're doing, da 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 da. And I was like, great, so that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to Florida and become a clown. All right, let's go do it. So uh, two weeks after graduating high school is when Clown College started. It was, um, and it, it was three months. It was seven days a week, uh, about 12 hours a day of training and exercise and doing it all. Um, I was what was called a skills clown, which is a clown that does a bunch of tricks. Um, I was okay. pseudo funny. Uh, I wasn't as funny as the people that were there that were the funny clowns. I was more of a, the idiot prop that could do a bunch of cool tricks, um, which serves a purpose in comedy. So it worked for me. Yeah, certainly. Um, 
and that's i mean that's that's the long and short of it really then i then so 33 people out of about 5000 people about 5000 people audition about 33 people 33 of that class got in in 97 and then i think they took like 7 of us on the road out of the 33 Okay. And I was one of the ones yeah. I picked to go on the road. Nice. Yeah. But then you get there and the it's the best part of that place. story is. Yeah. I mean, but, you found your, your passion, you followed it, you followed through on it. I mean, that's a fantastic story. Yeah. Is it's your really, um your roommate are they still kind of in the trade now or have you spoken with them and since you heard no, anything from them? I actually it's funny. Um, his name's Sean O'Hara and he, um, lives in Vegas okay. and he posted a video of a cutting board that he made on his stories on Facebook. Yeah. And I guess he's making them professionally. So I reached out and I was like, bro, how do I get a cutting board? Cause I love to cook. Like cooking is my only hobby. It's the only hobby I have. It's the only thing that I do to relax and enjoy time is cook. Uh, I have no other hobbies nice. in life. So I hit him up and I was like, bro, how do I get a cutting board? He's like, you want a cutting board? Done. He's like, I'll send you one. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, what big, what size do you want? I was like, I want it, you know, whatever the sizes were that he had. So it actually will be coming to me tomorrow. It's supposed to land tomorrow. So he made me a cutting board. Nice. (laughs) So anybody that wants a cutting board, hit him up. But they're these beautiful, like, (laughs) handmade, handcrafted cutting boards. They're amazing. Are they um, like solid solid wood or they made out yeah. of a plastic? What type of solid material? Wood. The wood? Oh, yes. Solid handcrafted wood cutting board. Pretty dope. Pretty it sounds dope. like art. Yeah. It is. So what's your... Um, it is. It's, there's a skill to it. What's your uh, all-time favorite movie? Put you on the spot. See, I get that question all the time because, <laughs> oh, you're a filmmaker. What's your favorite movie? I don't think there's any such thing as a favorite movie. I think there's movies that I could watch no matter what point they're on. So like my telltale sign for a movie that I love is no matter what part mm-hmm. it's on when I turn on the TV, if I'll keep watching it, I know I love that movie. Right. So if it's 15 minutes in or 45 minutes in, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep watching it. And I got like, I got a handful of those that like, but the all time most watched movie, hands down. Ready? How to lose a guy in 10 days. How to lose a guy in 10 days is probably a movie that I've seen more than any other movie with Matthew McConaughey. And I don't uh, think I've seen that one. It's it's a really, I've heard of it, never seen them. It's it's just a romantic comedy that and I love romantic comedies. I love the concept. I wish I could make romantic comedies. I do. The problem with making romantic comedies is you need names in the movie to make them. They're the most expensive mm. movies to make because people go to watch the people in them, they don't go to watch the movie. Just video yeah. seems to be not tangible for most people. They don't grasp the concept of what goes into it and the amount of man hours it took to, to to do what we do, right? Like, it takes ten thousand yeah, hours to become an expert. You filmed it. Yeah, I mean, they see you film it, and then they watch it, and they think it's just that simple. But no, it's very, very, very intricate, detailed process that 
I mean, if they gave it a try, let's say they went to YouTube University and tried it, they might even understand just a portion of, I'm sure, the knowledge that you've gained over the years. But it's, it's nowhere near that experience. They don't get that part of it. You get right. the how to. They don't know. They don't know what goes into it. So that's probably the tough part on yeah. on your end, just kind of trying to make sure people understand, like, there's a lot that goes into it. You can't just say 500 or you come film the commercial like that. said, it's not how it works. Right. Well, and that's the thing is you'd be surprised how many people when I tell them the price of something and then they they want to haggle or they want to do this or that. But when I show up with my crew and my people for bigger projects, they go, oh, shit, this is for real. Oh, I didn't know you were bringing all this. Like, well, how do you think it was all going to get done? Do you think I was just going to show up with a camera <laughs> on my phone and run around shooting it? That's not how it works. So, yeah, it's very like deceiving. commercial. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing is the Apple commercial makes it very deceiving for everybody <laughs> to think that they can be a filmmaker. And now with TikTok and everything yeah. else, they're like, yeah, I can make a movie, watch. And it's like, that's not a movie. You did, you made a TikTok video and that's a lot of fun for you and that's cool. But that's not that's not what I do. But that's okay. That's not what you do. <laughs> that's cool. Do you. <laughs> like, I'm not here to judge you. Do you. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, man, man, this is a good talk. It was fun. Um that it? For you got sure. any questions? Anything else you want to know? I do have more, but I'm going to say that for part two, just to make sure that we're able to, because I've got definitely more questions. Plus, I want to see the other movie too beforehand, because I know I'm going to have questions about that one. But I definitely want to thank you for joining me today. Awesome talk, awesome episode. So, um, thank. Did you have anything else you wanted to plug or anything else you want to put out? I'm not here to plug stuff, man. I'm here to talk to you and have a good time. So feel free to Fantastic. have people follow right, so me on we'll, Instagram or Facebook, but that's it. All right, I'll make sure to put that out there. So go follow. If you are a business looking for any sort of video content, definitely check out Burden Media. They do a lot of great work. Check out their website. There's a lot of good, good features on there. Um, so, and again, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. For the rest of this interview, and more exclusive content and videos, please visit our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash paradoxstudios for more information. Thank you for listening to another episode of Back to Business. We'll be back next Friday for our next exclusive interview.